On the north side of Chicago It's the coolest bar in town And if you go up there You better just beware You're gonna find a bunch of clowns It's a mad, mad, crazy bar The whole damn place is just so bizarre Full of all the vice and sin where do we even begin? Tip your bartenders. Hey, everybody. This is Pub Crawlers, and I've got the genius in front of me, as usual. Hi, genius. All right, you want your applause. Hi. Um, thanks for tuning in to another episode of As the Ale House Turns. Yeah, I think this is 41. We're getting close I'm to a whole year. I'm not even counting. Well, it's anymore. on the SoundCloud thing, it's, it, there's a number. I know. I need to go check that out because uh, I haven't I just visited. Told, I just told you. No, but I got to, like, just do a little. Do a little what? Just, like, got to, like, add stuff to some of it. I got to check to see if there have been any comments. Well, you mean you haven't been doing that? I have not been doing that. God. Jeez. I got stuff going on. Yeah. Um, Dumb stuff. <laughs> okay. Sure. Uh, how are you feeling, genius? I'm not feeling well. What's I'm wrong tired. With you? I'm tired. I think it's a combination of all my heart problems, myasthenia gravis, and seasonal affective disorder all rolled up into one ugly ball. Not to mention the crappy weather. Weather's been really shitty. It's supposed to be bad tomorrow. I'm going to go with it's more of the latter. You get very affected by, by what? Cold. Well, I like to see the sun, too. I know. It's been yeah, and you're right. It has been miserable. And and I'm supposed to, um, I'm supposed to get some exercise. And I can't do it when it's cold. You're, I know you're wishing that you could go back to your t-shirt and cargo shorts. Yes, I will. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Um. Well, but the ticker's feeling okay. No. It's, it hurts. No, but I don't think it's feeling okay. Have you been to the doctor recently? No, and they were supposed to call me up to, for, for uh, within two weeks, and nobody's done it. <laughs> Why don't you call them? Well, I, I plan on it. Why don't you just pop in for a visit? Hey, I'm You here. know, I think that's the best way to go. I it's agree. Just, no, to go there and make my appointment right directly across from them, because I hate sitting around the phone for two fucking hours. Yeah, and it's only like, what, five that's, minutes away? Yeah. No. What do you mean? Oh, by car. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a 20-minute walk. All right, well, maybe you should take a walk on a dry day. I am. Maybe I'll go Thursday. It's supposed to be dry. Okay. Tomorrow's supposed to be crapola. But uh, Phil the Mogul's supposed to come down and take photographs of the posters that I painted because um, Grasshopper wants to for us to sell them or give them away to favorite uh, guests. Which ones? Posters. I said posters. See back in the corner? There's three big posters with Ale House written on. Oh, the paintings. Yeah. Well, they're... Yeah, we talked about this like months ago. Well, Phil's coming in tomorrow. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad. All right. We have a guest. We do. Would you like to introduce our guest? Yeah. Uh, My friend Mitt. And um, Mitt lived on Wheeling Street for years and years and years. And um, hopefully we can talk about some of the really great old-time regulars that Mitt's been for at least 15 years. So he knows, you know, he knows a lot of the Hall of Famers. He's been around. He's been around, definitely. He's seen people come and go. Yes, he has. Mostly go. 
Yeah. In ambulances and police yeah. cars. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I remember one time, Ruben Portos, he had just had, I don't know what he had lopped off, something. And so he's sitting there, and, he's, and, 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 and so he's, he's sitting there in shorts or something, drinking, you know, this 450-pound Mexican guy on a stool, his favorite stool. He could still be on the stool, so he just had toes taken off. So, yeah, it's probably, yeah, because once the day kind of like it was, uh, it was, uh, was, anyway, he starts hemorrhaging, but he doesn't even know it. And I looked down under, below his bar stool, and I saw this, <laughs> it looked like somebody had taken red cellophane and spread it out. I wondered, why would somebody do that? Okay. But then I noticed it kept getting bigger. Well, anyway, somebody, there's blood pouring out of Reuben. So Mitt. And I believe it was Billy Rose. It was, they treated it like a crime scene. It was really quite impressive to watch them do it. They, I mean, they, that sounds appropriate. Because if you tried to, if you, I tried to mop it, but the blood clots would just keep going their own different way. And what, you, what, we, what we saw was it wasn't actually his toe. It was his gangrene, so the blackness on his shin. Yeah, a lot of, gra- <laughs> a lot of gangrene. <laughs> it busted open because he was still putting pressure on it. So he wanted to get on that stool so bad as long as he could. And so we had... We're literally mopping it up, and it's just Ruben. I, I didn't know how to do it. He, he's still drink. He's still drinking his beer, just bleeding. Everywhere. So when the ambulance got here, they bring in the gurney. He's still sitting there drinking. So I had told. I think I asked Anita to take a picture of him because he's sitting on. He's laying flat on the gurney now, but he reaches over and takes his beer. And he's drinking beers. They're trying to wheedle him out of the bar. It's a true story. She didn't get the good picture. I mean, look at that per- a plastic picture. Oh, Ruben. So, Mitt, <clears throat> tell us a little about yourself. Um, so, I've lived in the neighborhood for 17 years. I've uh, been coming here for about 15 when the pinball machine was still here, and you could still grab a book off the bookshelf in the back corner. I don't think many people remember that. Uh, travel quite a bit um, in the manufacturing industry, so work with different people on helping them do, you know, uh, more efficient manufacturing, kind of like a Six Sigma kind of thing. So, but you know, every day that I could be in town, I would come in here and stand in the corner and meet every one of those characters. So, from kind of a young kid in his 20s to Ruben yelling at you and Johnny Laird trying to punch you in the kidneys, and I mean, it was <laughs> yeah, Ru- Ruben's a nickname for uh, Mitt was the Polak. Oh, that's nice. But Ruben felt he could, he, he had carte blanche with racial okay, slurs. So, so uh, the first time you came in here, I was sitting did you in the corner heads? up there. No, no, no. I was sitting up in the corner up there, and I was reading a book. I was just looking for a quiet place. Seemed like a you know one of those places that you could go, and everybody would leave you alone. And we can talk about some of the the actors that have come in here. Talk about Chief when he chased down. Uh, Bill Murray that one day. Yeah, <laughs> um, but like after two weeks, Ruben goes, "Yo, who are you?" I don't know. He's talking in. Like, there's like six people in here. It's like four o'clock in the afternoon. Come down here. And Ruben would make you somehow tell your entire life story to him. So you know, I cried like a baby at his funeral because he was family, and that's you know what happens here. But you know, Ruben was the really the uh, impetus of. Me coming down and standing at that corner uh, for the next, you know, 14 years. So it was, uh, and then you met every character in the book, from cops to firemen to felons to 
to drunks to drug addicts. I mean, we've we've had it all that's come through here. It's pretty amazing. I, I mean, you're. I mean, this the nicest way. You're not like the typical alehouse regular. What, what's it tell? How describe he's, what your version of the typical? He's very alehouse. stable. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You're using him as a standard for stability. Like compared okay. to everybody else. Well, you. I mean, I would say uh, there was a time uh, when I would come in here when when Howie. Uh, would just be opening the bar after he'd been sleeping in his car um, <laughs> at eight in the morning, yeah. <laughs> with the, with some chicken wings next to him, with the windows open, oh, no shirt on. Um, yeah, <laughs> the best move. You see what I mean? The best move you've ever made was uh, <laughs> opening at three. <laughs> yeah, when we were open at eight, this was you talk about a freak show, and we the reason we opened it, we legally could have opened at seven, but. Because um, we didn't want to get the, there's a certain degree of number of alcoholics that they don't, at four when the bars close, they just hang out for a couple hours until seven when they can go to a seven o'clock. Yeah. We felt we would didn't really want them. Sure. We wanted the nurses getting off work and people like that. Yeah. But instead, we we even at eight we were getting just hardcore alcoholics lining up. I don't. I don't. I, that sounds about right. I think you guys should open up at noon, though. Um, noon is an acceptable time. Yeah, noon is like when you're maybe like on a Tuesday and you have the day off and you want to start well, doing you, some day drinking. You try to sell that to the day bartenders. I'll see, but I'll talk to Timmy. I mean, actually, we made money opening a day. We did. I'm make sure money. you did. But oh, well, but what I'm saying is, if you open at noon, don't you show. think you get rid of that riffraff? That's when the nurses. That's how we met the nurses, isn't it? Yeah, that. <laughs> They would that's come, all no, he remembers is the nurses. No, well, they no. would come in after the night shift. There's and, the painting up there. And one of the nurses married um, a very good friend of Mitch. <clears throat> they were they were traveling, they were traveling emergency room nurses. These really hot prods. I don't know how how did they find their way in here. I have no idea. I think that uh, I don't. I don't they know. got off work. They got off work. You know, I at seven they were yeah. at Northwestern. But they were but they were inseparable and. They were just just this team that everybody <coughs> fawned over forever. Oh, they were cutie pie. Well, uh, Laura stole a cutie pie. Although she's got three kids now, but she they they left town and came back and it was the second year. What when year what year did she meet your friend? Not mm, a long time, probably ten years ago. So th- then they got married after a little kind of a rough courtship. I remember that mm. was. Well, when, when you come to ask me for advice, if, uh, yeah, for <laughs> alehouse regulars, that courtship is going to be rough. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we won't talk about that one. That no. was a little rough. <laughs> yeah, right. It was a little rough. But thank God I was here to give advice. It's kind of like a genius <clears throat> Dr. Phil. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> we, we almost could do another show every week about me giving out love advice. That would be hilarious. Because I've seen Bruce give some people advice. <laughs> Call him oh. Dr. Kill. And then, and then right... <laughs> And then when Bruce gets fed up with him, he just says the exact opposite. So the one thing I've learned about Bruce is that if you really don't want him on your bad side, you just tell him what you think he wants to hear. <laughs> because if you take a contrarian view, he'll go after you Flat, forever. Flattery will get you everywhere. Um, but I, I remember when Faggy Pants used to come in and bitch and moan and whine. So I'd give elaborate, detailed ideas of how to kill himself. That was my advice. That's what you would tell him? Yeah. 
and what would he say to you? No, I don't want to. So, okay. I, I, I need a Bud Light. Yeah. He stole. He used to steal money off the bar and not mean to. Oh, he did. He didn't mean to. No, no, no not at all. What do you mean? How, how do you? No, how he would just. He was just out of it, and he just like start collecting and then leave. And I'm like, uh, baggy pants. <laughs> Is that your money? Uh, well then, and there was. Well, we've had a bunch of those. Uh, well, we had some not so accidental ones. <laughs> well, that's true too. Yeah. Well, I remember the night my BlackBerry got taken. And uh, the woman that lives over here that has a bit of a drinking problem. You haven't narrowed the field. Which I know, which one? (laughs) You can point in any direction. That used to date the clown. Mrs. Clown. Mrs. Clown. Oh, Mrs. Clown. She took one black saying a drinking problem. (laughs) Who lives over there and had a drinking problem? I don't think. (laughs) Right, I I pointed north, and I guess that was probably a bad idea. She took, she took your blackberry? Yeah, I couldn't find it. And I and, and silly me, I thought that uh, this young gentleman that had been in here that hangs out with uh, Street Jimmy had taken it. So I run down to the Marshall Fields thinking I can find this kid. You were here. And I'm, you know, I'm in that area and I'm looking around for this guy. And I, I, it's, I, I'm a different demographic currently in the situation I was in. I'm like, who took my Blackberry? I come back here, I can't figure it out. I'm calling it, I'm calling it. I call it the next morning. Mrs. Clown goes, oh. <laughs> 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 and I was like, uh. <laughs> um, yeah. That's not as good as uh, when I had to call you for help when um, Fox's ex-girlfriend, whatever her crazy name was. Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction was chasing me and trying to hit me with her purse. Oh, no, yeah, you know... <laughs> She, she was she was ten, she had violent tendons. In fact, first time I ever mentioned, I met her, she punched me in the jaw. But um, and nobody we'd have barred her years ago, except that she at the time she was going with with Ranelli, so Ranelli would just kind of snap his face. Oh, come on, Ranelli, time out, time out, everyone. But uh, it was, she just fucking hit me in the fucking jaw, Jerry. But um, anyway, so. For some reason, I because she, she was nuts, I guess. She's nice. She, I don't think she had a drink in about two or three years now because I haven't seen her, and that means she probably had a drink. But she just follows Mitt as he's walking down the street going home, and he calls me on the phone. And he says, that fucking crazy broad's out here. She's throwing shit at me and stuff. So I said, walk her back. Walk her back this way. I'll get her. I mean, because, you know, I, I had no problem, you know, wrestling around with her. But... Uh, yeah, and I'm and I'm a big boy. I'm easily. Oh no, he's like, I mean, it's a big guy. He's about six three, six four. He's probably he's built like an NFL linebacker, and so she's out there attacking him. <laughs> and I'm trying to keep cars between us. <laughs> Bruce, <laughs> help! I want to ask her. I grabbed her. I said, I said, what the fuck God are you doing? Damn it, Bruce! Hey, I'm a very busy guy. This is R two D two in your pocket. But. Uh, she said she didn't even know why she was throwing shit at him. I think she or she came up with some reason. I don't remember what. But uh, who the hell is Anyway, um, well, last time it was faggy pants. Remember we put him on the yeah. air. Oh, oh my god! Again, Danny. How are you? Tell him it's podcast time again, dumb fuck. 
Hello? Yeah, hello. Is Bruce there? Yes, I'm there. Well, don't sound like Bruce. I don't sound like Bruce because I'm on the fucking air, idiot. You always call me during my podcast. You know I love you, but... Well, I was doing great until you asked me how I was doing. We're, we're, we're interviewing uh, Mitt. Anything you oh want to say God. to him? Well, you guys are having all fun and excitement, and I'm very, very, very depressed that you're all having fun, and I'm not. So I just work too much. Okay. But anyhow, uh, um, uh, tell me what's new with everyone. Danny, you're on Please. the air right now. Yeah, you're on the air. You know, thousands of people are listening to you right now. Everybody's fine. We miss you. Okay. I can't hear her. Okay, well, anyway, nice talking to you. Let's Maybe do it again I need soon. A hearing aid. Yeah. Okay, say goodbye. Say goodbye, Danny. No, don't say goodbye, please. I, need to, I wanted to talk to you. Yeah, but we're on the air. Oh, now I can hear you because you're talking loud enough. You're yeah. on the air. Well, why aren't they cool? They should be cool like me. Well, could somebody else uh, ask him a question because I'm... Danny, what are you doing right now? I'm trying to talk to Bruce, but he can't <laughs> seem to get out any words that I can understand. I told you I loved you. I love you too. All right, I'll call you another time. Bye. Okay, bye. Wow, he goes from he goes from please don't leave me to bye, see ya. That's how he says goodbye. I think that's a perfect example of um, some of the chaos that happens. Yeah, here. he was he was one of the guys who came down here at eight in the morning. He was part of that gang. But he was as you could probably imagine, he was not a real stable and he kind of he had a wonderful job as a tool and die maker and then um, it was sent over, his job was sent over to China. Mm. And he lost his wonderful condo. He loved his condo over here. But he was a fantastic golfer also, right? He was, well, he grew up above a, a golf, and yeah, his one brother's a pro, and uh, he was the West Bourbon uh, golf champ. High oh, school, wow. high school golf champ. Very good, but as you might guess, poor attention span. We, he keeps calling... Every Tuesday at this time. Why don't we just have him come on the show? Because he won't. He, he, he traveling. It's, Where it's is like he? Buzzkill. He's out. I think out in Berwyn now. Oh. But um, like Buzzkill, they can't travel at night. Why? Because they're day drinkers. They're, they can't get home. Well, maybe we should uh, adjust the timing one day so we have Buzzkill. Oh, we already had Buzzkill on. That was a disaster. Yeah. And another day, we well, only a disaster because you're right. He at nighttime it became a problem. Well, it was a night disaster getting him home. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good show though. But maybe we should adjust the time one day so we can have uh, fancy pants on. Sure. So I mean, that's just so. Let's go back to Mitt. Who were your all-time favorite Alehouse characters? Well, Ruben has my heart for sure. I mean, he's, yeah, he's uh, certainly. I mean, he's just, <laughs> blood and all, yeah. gangrene and all. Gangrene and all, you know. I think the the Red Orchid crew has definitely been um, an interesting group. Um, yeah, we've got to get more of them on. We haven't. I agree. Get on it. <laughs> because they're all done speaking to me. That'll that'll be a good segue into the people who hate the alehouse segment. I, I mean, maybe 
probably besides Ruben, the biggest personality that ever came in here was Sergio, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he would be great on here. He was well, a guest. Had him. We he's did had, a he's, he sung oh. his song for us. Oh, yeah, he did yeah. the song. He brought his guitar. Yeah, well, we also, I mean, Fox was great. Well, <clears throat> you know, Fo- <laughs> when Fox started losing it, though, that was... Um, well, it was still great. Just, yeah, that's true. Fact, it was it just was, a different kind of great. It wasn't well, attractive, but... Well, you know... Um, the, the counselor was always. Uh, oh, God. Now he who was lived, the counselor? Counselor lived. I don't think I know bel- this one. Uh, he he lived above Mitt. Counselor, hey, um, he co- was what kind of counselor. He was an actual attorney. I mean, he, attorney. But he did. Um, I was thinking maybe like a high school counselor. But what intellectual property, right? Intellectual right. property stuff. Very smart guy, but the guy that should never, ever, under any circumstances, drink. <clears throat> That's half the people who come in here. No, no. Well, most of those people can No, but, but he's, he was also, he was but, brilliant. I mean, there's no doubt well, about that. Well, he was brilliant on one side. It was very, you know, and he was probably had less common sense than any human being. I, so he was book smart, not street smart? Yeah. Oh, yes. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I know people like that. Yeah. But fascinating guy. You know, I mean, people didn't like him. But I, you know, it's like, like um, Ukraine Mike. Or as Street Jimmy refers to him as Chinese Mike. You know, people don't like him. But these are hey, interesting Street characters. Street Jimmy calls Ukraine Mike Chinese he doesn't know Mike? He, he, yeah, he, has, he can't figure out what's this Ukraine shit. What? He refers to him as Chinese <laughs> Mike. <laughs> but oh, but, but Council was interesting. But, you know, everybody hated him. I didn't hate him. You guys had some deep conversations. You seem to be able oh, to yeah. get through to him somehow. No, well, I actually got Ebert to get him into AA and do a whole thing. And then, you know, he lasts for a year or two, but it was too bad. I mean, he was, because he was definitely uniquely interesting. So that was certainly one of them. Um, yeah, he was a very interesting character. <clears throat> what about uh, R.I.P. Dwayne? D-Train. Yeah. You know, Dwayne, when I first met him, was, well, remember, you got to take a baseline as we look at it in manufacturing, right? So I would say um, normal, <laughs> which <laughs> might have been on, a, on, on the scale of 1 to 10 crazy, might have been a 5 already <laughs> instead of a 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when I met him, he was still coherent. He could still have a conversation. He still focused on certain parts of the news. Yeah, he because he had to be up on the news because he was a writer. Or the news uh, radio station. So he yeah. had no current events. He was very smart, very well read, very smart. He just, for some reason, didn't have an off switch. And I don't know enough about his personal life, but you could just see the. I don't. I would say, interesting about some of the people that have come in here over the years. There's a there's a massive sense of loneliness, and I think that this is a place where you can come find solace, either being quiet or comfortable with. The fact that there's other people around you that are lonely, also. I mean, I saw that early on. I think now it's kind of more of an upbeat, especially as the neighborhood has changed. We're kind of the it's new changed. Russian. Di- we're, we're the new Russian division on Wall Street it's, it's, for sure. It's changed a lot. Yeah. I would say that's an but, accurate assessment. But, but yeah, for but, sure. But D Train, um, yeah, he definitely. Well, the thing about the Ale House is, yeah, it's a place. Um, there's a so it. it yeah, misfits can fit in. I mean, just if they're not assholes. And even if they're assholes, if they're interesting assholes. Yeah, yeah. But I remember one night, some there was some jag off. He worked at the bank, some young guy. 
fact, he was friends with, with uh, Faggy Pants. And he worked at the bank. And I remember one day, Mitch sitting here, Billy Ro- Bill, Officer Bill, um, Ruben. There was about four guys all sitting in the corner. This guy comes in, he wants to sit between them. And I think he sat down. First he sat down next to Ruben. Ruben says, he ain't sitting next to me. And he moved over by Mitt. And Mitt says, don't even think about sitting here. Then he moved by Bill Rose. Bill Rose, cake asshole, get away from me. And he was, he looks like, well, what, what? you know, I mean, this guy's this kid had asshole written all over him. So, yeah, there was, there was limits to who would be acceptable. I mean, especially in that corner. That corner was special. You know, it was everybody kind of watched out. And, you know, you think about, uh, you know, our friend Mr. Pruitt. Um, you know, he was kind of, he was the Lone Ranger, man. He, he, he that was his corner. Yeah. And you were not um, accepted unless. Uh, yeah, he's, he's in very poor health right now, unfortunately. I called him the other day. and. Yeah. What's going on? It? He's on uh, oxygen, I guess. He didn't give me too many details. You know, just uh, our prayers are with him, and hopefully he can make a turn. Strong guy. I mean, you've never met anybody well, that's strong what, back I, in the day. Story. When I first came in, back, I think when I got back to Chicago in 76, he was like a bit, definitely the baddest-ass guy on the block. I mean, he was ever. I he was mean, a, he, he was a he, monster, too. He, Plus, he carried equi- I remember the first time I him. met him, and I was like, whoa, who is this man? Yeah, he well, was he, like he was. You know what? It was he was like this intimidating figure. He is an intimidating figure, but then the minute you start talking to him, he's like putty. You do anything for you. Totally. Yeah, I, very I could, generous guy. I remember. I mean, this is years and years ago, but you know, sometimes money's good, sometimes money's bad, and um, but I was I was probably in my late late twenties. I kind of like had 120 in my pocket. And Mr. Pruitt pulls out a wad of money and says, Here, gives me $300. And I was like, Whoa. And I've only been coming in here for a couple of years. And that's just the kind of guy he was. He says, Whenever you can give it back, you yeah. give it back. And I've, you know, tried to, it's one, that's a lesson I've actually learned here. I've tried to do that for other people here. Uh, unfortunately, as Bruce knows, we don't get our money back. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of our money's walking around or, or in, in tombs right now, I think. More, yeah. More than that. Yeah. That doesn't always come back. Um, but yeah, no, I always tried within the next couple of days to, and in the old days, and I, I'm sure you can still do it here, but we used to just pin it up on the board, you know, and take it down, pay somebody back, you know, it was just. Sure. Yeah, well, Pruitt, Pruitt was known as the, the legend. He was a, he did drywall, but he was so good. He almost never needed sandpaper. Really? And he was, so, I mean, he was so in demand that, um, you know, all the high-end places over in Astor Street and Lakeshore Drive would always want, want him. Because he was, he was I, watching him work was quite amazing. He did the, our place out in Indiana. And it just, guys, he was amazing. But he was tall. You know, the guy's about 6'4". And he said that's yeah. why they, when he got, see, when he got out of the Army, he was, uh, I think he was, actually, was he actually a POW? Because he had it on his plates. No, that was, I, I don't believe so. I, I don't know for sure. But no, but he, he spent a lot of time over there during yeah. Vietnam. And um, so he, he was a cop when he came back, but that lasted one year. I, I'm sure something, the wrong guy smiled off to him. And, so anyway, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't last too long. I think his father was an old-time Southside cop, though. 
um, you know, when they didn't have that many black cops on the floors. And then Jimmy, so then he went to trade school, and because he was tall, they said, well, definitely painting or drywall. So he took drywall. Made a lot of money. I, I know for a fact that he's worked for billionaires, and they and they love him. He fixed the wall over here, right? When somebody put their oh, head in there. Oh, he's done. He's done all kinds. Yeah. When was that? Like ten years ago, when somebody put their somebody, head in the wall back here? He was a head of fist. Well, he also <laughs> did the, the bathroom because we're getting all that graffiti. So he did this real sharp, sharp edge kind of. Oh, like uh, what do you call that? Stucco. Stucco. That's it. Yeah, real sharp pro. Oh, he was. Oh, good. that was a good job. Yeah, that was nice, yeah. nice work there, then. Um, well, we make, we'll make sure that, uh, we send good vibes his way to make sure he's, uh, yeah, he, 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 he never, he'd never walk in here with an oxygen tank. I, I can't, you know, I would, I have to say that him, Mr. Pruitt and Ruben were the two reasons I kept coming back in here because when they were here, you could talk about anything or talk about nothing. Well, that's what, Ruben was great. Because I mean Pruitt was a lot more standoffish than than Ruben, but um, uh, there was all kinds of people. I always knew if they came in, Ruben would be here. Because there's some people, especially girls, they want to come in the bar if they're it's like pee pee. You know, she, she always had Ruben, so she was she didn't like coming in by herself, and. Uh, so the great thing about Ruben, you know, he grabbed their asses and stuff. I mean, there was some ass grabbing that went on. But, um, yeah, he was great for that because people, you know, if you were, if you buy our Ruben drinks, you pretty much have a friend. <laughs> That's all it took. Well, at the end, though, it was kind of like getting your ass grabbed by like a, like a just a baseball mitt because his hands were so bloated. You yeah. just Gross. <laughs> I remember when I remember when this this little short Mexican hooker came in with huge tits. It was during the air show, and I got to show her snatch up in the window. And uh, you you like to do that, don't you? Yeah, I do. It's kind of a hobby of mine. Mm-hmm. But um, Ruben, Ruben was grabbing her ass and tits and stuff. So she stuck her hands down her his pants. She says, "I only feel balls. I can't feel any dick." And Ruben says, "Huh, that's." That's my that's my tragedy. <laughs> yep, but they were as big as grapefruit, which was the they would fall out of his shorts sometimes. Yeah, they, they had monster monster nuts and no no dick. So, <laughs> this is a true story. It's, he would wear these cut off like sweatpants, and like this huge grapefruit sized nut would fall out. <laughs> they were huge, but but then I'm so happy I missed. He that. had he had. Um, he decided, even though they thought that it was 50-50 if they put him under, under that um, that he'd survive. But he decided finally, he says, I owe it to the broads to have her, um, where they would cut all the blubber around from where his dick was. And so everyone was really excited about that. You know, and then, remember he fell on the floor over, and all the, they said, we had to send five guys over to his place to pick him up? One, one time he calls me, and I'm at a local Italian restaurant, and he calls me, he's like, you got to come here. And this is when he lived over on LaSalle. And he had fallen between two cars. Oh, yeah, that was another one. That well, was, that so, was but, that, but it was only me. So oh. I have to pick him up by myself, and it's like... Didn't he get in a fight with a car? Was he screaming at something? I, all I know is that I had to drag him up a flight and a half of stairs, just him, 
but you couldn't get a hold of it because everything was moving around. It was like grabbing a big bag of water. Well, remember when we dragged them out? We dragged them out. There was five of us that time, and we kept dropping them. because. And, kept, and he kept going, ow. I'm like, Ruben, what the f- do you want from me? I go, I, do you want to get inside or do you want me to leave you here? It's going to be painful. And I have, like, you know, have him in, like, a chest carry, and I'm carrying him up the stairs and get him in that little apartment that he had over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when we carried him home here. Now, that's that fucking asshole Burton place. They sent him over in the cab. They, they, they got, must have got 10 guys, carried him out, stuck him in the cab. What? And brought him here? And um, the, the cab pulled up here and dumped him out. He's laying on the sidewalk. <laughs> So Billy Rose, Mitt, who, who, there was some other, um, there was five, five of us. Yeah. And, and Bill, and, and, oh, Jukebox Joe. Joe grabs him by the throat, and his tongue's sticking out, and his eyes are popping out. And he's, I says, Joe, you're choking him. And, just, and they give like a dago slap to Ruben. Hey, don't be an asshole. But we kept dropping them, because his, his, his body's like silly putty. You grab part of it, and all the fat would go somewhere else. I I wish I had the proper term for it, but it's so true. Like every time you touch me, it'd be like one, like one piece ago, another one. Like, for the last for the last eight years of my mother's life, she was in a wheelchair, and so I got really good at wheelchair maneuvering. And I remember one time, yeah, I had to fucking push him out of the wheelchair, and I could not move that damn fucking wheelchair for the life of me. Street Jimmy was his <laughs> chief pusher. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that was impossible. Oh boy, well that guy. That guy. Okay, well, this is a great segue. So, Mitt, you have your tried and true regulars whom you sort of were here when you got here, kept you here because of the camaraderie, the banter, the love, the hate, whatever it may be. Uh, But it was the Alehouse family. You've seen people come and go. But you've also been around for the people who were dramatic and caused the drama queens. Yeah, and caused a uh, uh, kerfuffle, and have now boycotted the alehouse. Right, so there's actually people out there. Who there's did you just use a Yiddish term? Yeah, there's about <laughs> a dozen. I think there's about a dozen active uh, boycotters right now. So let's review them. And, and let's Mid, review. No, let's Mid, review the boycotters. Mid knows them. Mid knows them and probably sees them because uh, Mid's got this Mid tra- good Mid, like. Mid travels Mid's got about. this good like. Leg in one scene and leg in another scene, or he's like uh, almost like the in between. I will tell you the the, uh, the 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 two situations that I feel bad about, and I've calmed down so much since the first time I came in here. Like my obviously testosterone levels are down, but um, one time um, when one of our friends from Red Oak had, had a seizure, and um, he's gone now, but Damien started making fun of her and I almost ripped was, his alright but this is a funny story now <laughs> see a, man, now this, this is, is a see, story on see, Bourdain right no no, no, no. yeah yeah this yeah. is story. oh is it uh, yeah M- Mirka tells this story on Bourdain's show because she, yeah, she's going in having a seizure and um, so all everybody you know and, and you know remember Mitch from Naperville you know and, and you know he he, he's, he still has some fairly Bourgeois morality, morals going on. So this is what I'm talking about. He's a typical regular. So 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 Mirka's having a full blown seizure. So Damien walks up to the bar and says, "I'll have what she's having." Which I think <laughs> and, is and, I, and I'm trying to protect her head, make sure she doesn't bite her tongue. <laughs> and then I look at him, and I'm sitting. This is right by the door, and I'm thinking, "Just wait till I get her stabilized. <laughs> Take your head off." Well, so he didn't hit him because he had. Uh, 
some kind of. I know he died like a year later. I know, but he so also good. had. Boy. He also had a bunch of metal up in his heart. There was all kinds of shit going on there. And the other time was the clown. You were here. The clown made me insane well, one day. Clown could really be an ass. And I was just. I I lost it. I that testosterone slash alcohol going. And Bruce goes. His heart only pumps at like five percent. Yeah, you don't do it. Yeah, he had nothing left of that heart at that point. Yeah, it was. You know, you really don't need all that paperwork. <laughs> all right, so let's go. Let's go down some of this. Uh... Well, let's see. Well, Mrs. Mitt hasn't been in here for at least a year. What'd you do? I well, I after she Let after she didn't come in for about six months, I took her uh, portrait down. Let's 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 just preface this conversation by saying are all of the boycotters boycotting because something you did Bruce? Are we talking about banners or boycotters? Uh, uh, oh no, not the banners. No, no, no. We're talking oh, about boycotters. Oh shit, no, not the banners. Yeah, the boycotters. <laughs> oh, we all know what the banners are. The people who uh, choose by their own free will to not enter the door. We'll stop it and see Kim every now and I just think that uh, from my side of the equation, I think that Stage in life has something to do with it. So, um, who are the other boycotters right now? Well, um, Ellen and Gunther, and what? I'm sure I'm sure Gunther lied to Ellen. Do you want to use her? Well, this 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 there was a whole there was a whole series of situations. Uh, here's a, here's your worst case scenario. You got a bar. Um, one of your good one of your some young kid who works for you accuses somebody. When you're a friend of yours and a good customer of having molested him when he was eight. Okay, that's bad. Then the person accused of molesting gets a very good customer and friend of yours for the lawyer. So now the lawyer, the defendant, and the plaintiff are all involved in the bar. Nothing good can come out of this from a bar standpoint. So anyway, as a result, Gunther and Ellen don't come in. Uh, I don't think you should be using real names. Well, fuck them. Okay. And um, let's see. Oh, <laughs> crazy Greek pilot Angelo. He's not coming in. Over an eight dollar, over eight bucks. So okay. Uh, well, one is a little bit more serious than the other. Boycotting situation. But you've got this regular who had a, a. You guys used to keep bar tabs. You didn't. Well, no, that's Ill- you can't say that on the air because that's illegal. This is back in the '60s. Let's go back in the '40s. Okay, this is back when this was a speakeasy, <laughs> and you guys are doing real illegal things. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the point is, uh, if he said he didn't owe the eight bucks, who cares? Just tear it up. But oh no, not a fucking Greek. Not a fucking Greek. <laughs> Goddamn Greeks are a whole different species. So he, you might as well have said eight thousand bucks. Yeah. Or what was the point? Why was he all upset? This is hysteria. All right. So we've got one again. I think you get. I think you get a lot of different um, because of the. You get people of different races, uh, monetary backgrounds. We've, you know, we've had. Centimillionaires come in here, comedians, people that don't even have a dollar. Um, yeah, obviously, they just want a bag of chips or a glass of water. 
I think when you throw that all in a hodgepodge, you're always going to have You're always, I mean, look, I've I've grown up on this street pretty much off and on since 61. The drama that goes on, and and you just go up and down the street. Uh, I'm sure uh, Burton Place has got just a, in fact, he was, the Greek was boycotting Gert, Burton Place. There was a guy, remember Joe Schithauser? Joe Schithauser, well, you wouldn't remember him. No, I don't remember But him. he would almost, he have to move to a new bar every two weeks, every two, because <laughs> he would boycott. He was constantly, somebody didn't Someone do this. Someone would piss or, him off about Somebody something. turned in during the Cubs game up loud enough for some. Just dumb shit. I mean, um, So are so all the boycotters boycotting for dumb shit? Is that what you're saying? Um, well, I can certainly see why Trib Trib probably couldn't get any pussy if he came back. So uh, okay. I can see why he's boycotting. I don't understand that. Well, because uh, his girlfriend, we had to fire his girlfriend. Oh. So he he was boycotting. I understand that, you know. Sure. Sure, loyalties. Well, um, no, pussy. Well, but girlfriend, loyalties. And, I don't, and I don't sex. Loyalty he's loyal to sex, okay? How's that? Yeah, okay. I think I, also, I, I, I would also say, Bruce, that you're an acquired taste. So when when I know, but it's kind of like uh, the ghost of Bruce is always here too. So you know, um, and, and you did spend a lot of time here, and you know, I would say what the last three or four years you've spent a little less time. Well. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, can, gotta, like, you can blame that on I mean, me. I mean, what are you, 90 now? I mean, you got to, like... 92. <laughs> you can blame that on me, I guess. No, I'm not blaming anything. No, no, I mean, I mean that, that that would make... I mean, see, my experience is I boycotted. I remember boycotting our works once because of, uh, I got in a fight with the owner, a fist fight, over somebody else, but the guy I was defending... Showed up the next night. And, what the fuck am I boycotting? You know, I, I mean, that's what the fuck? Why am I boycotting? I'm only punishing myself because I used to like to, to go to Orworks before I came over here. How old are you? What do you mean, how old are you? When you boycotted Orworks. I was about 38 or nine. I just boycotted for a week because, I mean, <laughs> Polly Ansel is right back there taking shit all over again. All the protesting he's done over yeah, his years. <laughs> Oh yeah, it works just one week. Yeah, I was not gonna. Pun- I was not gonna punish myself. <laughs> so I, mean, I also think this place is that uh, people want to be in here. I well, agree. Well, there, I absolutely there agree. Is a, but there is a new dynamic here, and I can see why we're not as attractive to the hardcore neighborhood. Although most of the people have been forced out of the neighborhood by economics, but it's so fucking crowded in here. Well, I mean, you know, with the combination of Second City and Bourdain. It's always yeah, busy. Second I mean, look, it's, it's, look, look how busy it is right now. It's every damn seat in the place is no. and, and you occupied. Know, and, and you know why? Take a good look across from who you're talking to. Mitt? No, you're not. Ta- <laughs> look, you're not looking at Mitt. Ruth? Jordan? Close. You're close. You're getting warm. Hawkeye? Getting cold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody comes here for Hawkeye. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> I just want to make that very clear. Oh, no, the guy's talking to the you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of. Yeah, it's funny you said that. There's a lot of people in here who I think are an acquired taste. Hawkeye, Hawkeye wanted to kill me one night. What was that about? Do you remember? God. Oh God. He wants to kill me at least once a month. That's it? He got so mad at me, and he got all, like, super intellectual about something, and he was, like, the spittle was coming out, and his earpiece popped out, and (laughs) I couldn't remember, like, what it was really about. No, it's real. What is the, what is, okay, what is, like, the 
craziest confrontation you've ever had in here? Wow, I'd have to think about that. Well, because I usually. Well, we've had a number. I mean, I've had to tell him. I've had to tell him not do do not harm this particular person. Because again, and he's yeah, told true. me, and he's told me the same. I will so, say I this. Mean, it, yeah. Sometimes you just have to. Well, because you'll you'll be sitting in the corner like we all do, sort of, right? Hang out. But again, you don't you don't look like the typical alehouse riffraff. You're sort of. Well, what the fuck does that he's mean? He's put together. Look around. Look around. He's put together. He doesn't look like a slob. Look, he's put together. He's usually like looking really nice. He's got a nice haircut. He's oh yeah, he's more. Shape. He's more. You're right. He's more corporate looking than the average customer. Yeah. So okay. I think if people are sitting here and they start talking shit about someone or something happens, I think Mitt would be like, I don't know. I, I mean, I know we've had a couple scuffles where we've had to get um, uh, in the middle of stuff, but usually when you're big and you use a loud voice, you can diffuse it Fuck pretty quickly. You. And, and then when they don't, they pretty much, if they're that drunk, they go out the door pretty quickly because usually there's enough of us here. Or And I don't come here late night anymore because that's not good for business. But, you know, like when business? I first started coming to mine, <laughs> well, maybe there's two. But, um, it's, a, it's a new crowd. And, yeah. and because we are, there's a wonderful example of a, a fine young gentleman. Hi, hi Jimmy. <laughs> So uh, when is he allowed? When was he allowed back in? I thought. Oh no! Well, I mean, a month and a half. Two he he, ago. he muscled his way behind the bar to get um, a stolen phone. Right. IPhone. I heard that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can see why the old time. I mean, some of the old times because it's too fucking crowded. You can't, if I can't get a seat, I you know. Well, I have a different situation here, but um, if you, it's too crowded, that's not good either. For a regular. Okay, forget the confrontation. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen or experienced in here? Oh, I've seen lots of sex in the bathroom. Uh... Yeah, but oh, by the way, <laughs> by the way, Ukraine Mike is, claims to have had some really down and dirty bathroom sex here the other day. Gross. With some married trick. That's so gross on so many levels. No, not really. Yeah, I can't. Is. I mean, one of the saddest days of my life was I realized I couldn't get up quick enough to have sex in the bathroom anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, the um, I remember opening the girls' bathroom one time because, like, the guy's line was so long. I'm like, forget it. The I come guy's here line was long? Yeah. I've always tried to get Bruce I've to have, that. like, a, a corporate bathroom downstairs for those of us. Yeah, he wanted a VIP bathroom. I could, I absolutely, 100% agree with that. I, 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 I beg for it. You want the insurance on those stairs going up and down? Yeah, you but could, we you, would sign a waiver. Yeah, you totally make everybody sign a, sign a waiver. waiver. I would sign a waiver for, to be able to pee whenever the hell I wanted to. If you spent over $100,000 in here over your lifetime, you should be able to go downstairs <laughs> and pee. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have we have the we have our handicap bathroom outside by the parking mirror. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's another our great Ruben story. Accessible. Yeah. Yeah, Ruben would go out there, and the kids would be coming home from school, and Ruben would take a piss up by the handicap he's got, accessible. He's bathroom got the grapefruits the... hanging out. Yeah. Mm. Oh no, it's so true. And Street Jimmy, Street Jimmy's sitting there cackling. You know, he's his wheelchair pusher. <laughs> God, can you imagine? Seeing those two coming down the street. It happened all the time. Oh. You think that was a big dog that just came by? No, it was Ruben. <laughs> well, that's when I mentioned that when uh, the gang here had to go over, when Ruben had finally moved over to South Street, and he had fallen down, and he called up because he needed five guys to pick him up. So we sent a team. I Steve Barquette, who was bartending that night, was one of the gang that went over there. 
but Jimmy was there too. So Jimmy comes back. In fact, if Jimmy was here, I have to describe what, what he saw. Ruben's pants were down by his ankles. Ruben's cat was, had gone up this kind of funny lander thing. So Jimmy immediately deduced that Ruben was trying to fuck his cat. And the cat <laughs> ran up because his pants were down. And so he's laying on the floor. So, But he says, he ain't got no dick. So so um, when we confirmed Ruben, he said, well, that operation didn't work out. It didn't work out. Okay, wait, wait a minute. Sex is the craziest thing you've ever seen. I, don't know, I mean, we've seen, we've seen blood, we've seen sex, we've seen people crying about money. The drunks are always my favorite at late at night, like especially like when there's a wedding party in here, and they're just the worst. You know, you get these people come in, they're like, "Oh, the old town house, this is going to be great," and then they get so drunk and there's fights and slapping. I, I think sex is. Pro- I don't know that I've ever seen anything. My two craziest stories relate to both of those things. Yeah, I mean, we've seen fist fights. We've seen, and, and they both know, include Bruce. What did you say? I said both of my craziest stories involve sex and fights, and they both include you. Uh, oh, you know what the craziest thing? Maybe the craziest thing I've ever seen. There were um, four. Um, Young ladies of the night that came down here from Milwaukee and Bruce oh, and I were I in the corner. I, I got pictures of them. They, <laughs> right. they took me to the back room and showed me their pussy. I got took pictures. And we're sitting in the corner over here, and they're like, and you know, Bruce and I are both, you know, suave enough to make sure that our wallets are in our front pockets oh, yeah. and everything. But they're like, hey, baby, what's uh, going on? One of them's <laughs> name was Moat. I remember that. And I mean, <laughs> These were big, tough girls from Milwaukee. They were two of them were very fuckable. Actually, three of them were. If you didn't figure they'd take it, you know, every disease known to man. But anyway, so they asked, how you get in the picture up there? She's going to the back room and take her clothes off and show me your pussy. So I took my camera back there. It was, see, I got in a big trouble because I had the pictures. I was showing everybody the pictures on the bar the next day. Gracie and Toby walk in, and I'm, my, my attention is diverted. And so all of a sudden, Gracie goes, Dad, oh, God, look at this, Mom. So I said, so I said, Fox made me do it. <laughs> so so I, they actually did. I said, I didn't want to take those pictures. They believed you? Well, they screamed at Fox. Fox said, what did I do? <laughs> I said, you told me to go take the pictures of, those, of the whores. And I did? That was, you know, that was a hilarious evening. <laughs> Yeah, they, they were great. We had some other horse come in pose. You have a lot of stories of asking women to pull down their pants or pull up their pants and show you things, and I can't believe that they do it. That's what that's my that's my crazy story. That one time I was back there in the corner, and you, you asked that see. woman, and yeah. I was like, "Are you shitting me right now?" And she was showing her pussy. It was kind of a cute pussy. Oh. I bet you I've seen that 20 times in that corner. And maybe it's not even Bruce. It's somebody else that gets bold enough, and they're like, yeah. What is wrong with everybody? Both both, both what? you for asking and both them for saying yes. Well, what's so harmful about just showing a little pussy? Just, save it for the privacy of your own... Well, I don't want to go some private place with them. I don't want to see that. Well, I do. The other crazy part, the other crazy thing I ever saw was it was unbelievable. I'd never seen such a thing. Is Bruce got up and started ran outside and started beating somebody up. 
That was nuts. I've seen that a few times, actually. Remember that? I don't even know who that was. Some old guy. Oh, that, that. I kept, you know, I was really, thank God Jimmy jumped in the middle of Because I was afraid that fuckhead would, his head would hit the cement real hard. I mean, kept, you're out there just like, down. boom, boom, boom. I was like, yeah, but he was this, was like, this was like two years ago. No, this is four or five oh, years yeah, ago. Who this? No, no, she's talking about um, that guy, some guy named Bob. He used to hang around, I don't know if he still does, over at uh, Topo. Real asshole, real fucking ugly looking face. He was whacking me in the back of the head. And I said, motherfucker, quit whacking me in the back of the fucking head. And he whacked me in the head again. He, yeah, this, uh, yeah, this just, was a couple of years ago. That was crazy. Anyway. Um, all right, well, any other uh, final commentary about this joint? Or I don't know. I'm just kind of looking around at the, uh, the pictures. And, you know, I've had... I've had people that I went to kindergarten with that I've met in here and seen them for the first time in you know 100 years. It's this is a it's a great place. I mean it's 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 really amazing. You look at that back wall and all the personalities and everybody that's come and kind of gone. Bruce has done a good job of removing some pictures <laughs> and you know putting some back up. No, no, no. I mean, Agreed. I, I, mean I agree. It's just um it's a fantastic well, right, place. Right behind is, uh, well, you didn't know Johnny Bratton, the welterweight champion. Johnny Lira is behind But us. Johnny Lira, you know, talk about a character. Oh, boy, if he would have ever, although Chief, probably the one that would be the scariest motherfucker to go crazy in here would be Chief. You, you think uh, if you had to rank them, like... Well, the just I mean, for, in a bar situation, the worst guy in the street fight would be Lira, but the worst guy to try to control just so much just so much pure muscle and like yeah, okay. you would just like you want to talk about kamikaze or like yeah, just and, going and, and impervious to me if he's, there's probably a hundred stitches in his face he fell off a motorcycle cracked his head open anybody else would have been dead and he came in like three weeks later and he's like can I have a corona <laughs> so you think top three would have been Chief Sergio well no Chief no, no, no Sergio, 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 Sergio would've, just would have shot you no Sergio yeah Sergio would have got a friend this year yeah yeah right and boy, he had the friends that would do it. Yeah. Sergio was talking to me. He says, some guy, I asked him, who's that fucking crazy fuck you brought in here the other night? He says, yeah, he is crazy. He says, I was driving down somewhere with him. He says, hey, 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 Serge, open up the glove compartment. Open up, there's a fucking hand. That's When anybody would come in here and say, hey, I'm a friend of Sergio, I go, oh, Jesus Christ. Thanks, Sergio. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my. Well, thank, uh, thank you guys for having well, me. Well, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, you, I haven't seen, really seen you around here. You've been traveling a lot? Uh, I was gone eight days last, the last, I don't know, yeah, the last eight days. Got back on Sunday. Um, just, yeah, it's constant road warrior stuff. But it's fun. I enjoy it. But I, you know, I try and come in when I can. Uh, I usually see Kimmy more than anybody. But uh, every now and then I'll come in late night. Well, bring up Mrs. Midden some night. Yeah, I'll absolutely. buy her a cocktail. Absolutely. <laughs> we all love her. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, thanks again for being here. Uh, Ruth, thanks for the drinks, as always. Jordan, thanks for putting all of this nonsense together for us. Uh, anything else you want to say, Bruce? Um, just that I, <laughs> I'm really wonderful. You are wonderful. And... Um, I think you should have a sign-off, like, the genius is wonderful. Or just something oh, at the well, end of we, everything. Oh, we have a little something. Yeah, we do. Say goodnight, genius. Goodnight, genius. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. We will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.